Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. This podcast episode is brought to you by The Inner Circle, your place to learn astrology in community with the masters and transform your life in the process. All right. Well, welcome everybody. For those of you who are new to our channel, my name is Amanda Poole Walsh. I'm the founder of Astrology Hub, and you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so that you can join us here every week in this worldwide astrological conversation that we are having. We have lots of different shows for you to explore. So go ahead and check out the channel. And for those of you who share our videos and come back here every week, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And it's just great to see you here today. And right now we are talking about the week ahead, February 13th through the 19th with a very legendary, amazing astrologer in the field, Georgia Stathis. Georgia is also one of our upcoming inner circle astrologer guides. So if you are interested in joining us in the inner circle, enrollment is going to open up in March. You can get on the wait list now at astrologyhub.com slash IC23. That's IC as an in inner circle 23. And Georgia, just real quick, has her BS degree from Northwestern University in Chicago, an MBA from Pepperdine University in California. She has been practicing astrology since 1977. She teaches astrology internationally and is a favorite here at Astrology Hub. So Georgia, let's dive into the week ahead. What would you say is the big overarching theme that we're going to be working with? Well, the overarching theme is that we're finishing, first of all, in terms of just the month, it's we're finishing the month's lunar cycle, which always is about a clearing off your life and your, your, your desk. But it's kind of a double whammy, if you will, because we're also having the last time that Saturn Aquarius, because Saturn is going to leave Aquarius in March, that Saturn and the sun will come together in a conjunction, which is called Kazemi. And we have some images here that we'll be sharing over in the next moment. And so that's an important, that's an important alignment this next week, because we've been having it happen for the last two and a half years in Aquarius. But this is the last time out the gate before it comes back as a sun Saturn in Aquarius in about 30 years. So it's a finishing up week in terms of the, the last quarter moon, you know, where the moon is kind of dying on the vine. So we're getting ready for the new moon, which is going to be on Sunday. But on a larger scale, a more of an umbrella scale, it's also finishing up about which life direction we want to take hmm. based on the practices we've implemented in the last two and a half years. Wow. So it's okay. Pretty it's a pretty significant week, actually. So. Um, yeah, so it. you're saying you're saying this is an opportunity to look at the new life path that we've been maybe considering or even starting on that began two two and a half years ago. So we're talking like 2020, yeah, right, about right, and and it's kind of closing up any loose ends in terms of committing to that path. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, in terms of committing to the path, and uh, we we have actually visual, which kind of illustrates it visually, and they'll see more of a visual of what I'm talking about. Yeah, first of all, the 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 phase of the moon we're in, which happens every month, this is not a big deal, but it's an important thing because it underlies the larger phase we're going to talk about. We're at what we call the last quarter or the closing square of the month because we're going to have a brand new, new start, new moon on Sunday, February 19th, but we're not there yet. We're only about, we're about a week away from it. And so in the last two parts of this phase, we start to rethink what we've been doing, first of all, in this last month, which started on the new moon. And then we start incubating and it's probably a little bit more of an uncomfortable incubation because there's a lot more tremors under the earth's surface going on than we normally would have when we're having a last quarter moon or closing square moon. Because, and if we want to go to the next slide, we can. Because we're finishing things off that we've been putting off. Mm. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, and I I do know, I have to say this. I think for the last couple of months, it's been very difficult for a lot of people to get things done. Because the last few months we had Mars, which usually gets us motivated going backwards, retrograde. And now it's gone direct. But, you know, Mars just, just doesn't get back on track. It just doesn't get back on track as soon as it goes direct. It, it's like um, an engine that needs to get warmed up a little bit. And so it's, it's sort of chug, 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 chugging along to get done, right? But at least it's forward. So if we go to the next slide, we have this happening this week as well. And, well, and I think this is a perfect combination for the Sun-Saturn that's coming up. Because on Valentine's Day, depending on where you live, February 14th or 15th, depending on where you live on the planet, we're going to see the annual, this is also a once a year alignment, where Venus, which is the goddess of love, relationships, self-worth, the value we have for ourselves, beauty, harmony, and desire. We have her on 14th and 15th of February lining up with Neptune, which can be it can go one of two ways. First of all, it can be a very romantic combination. It can also be not absolutely realistic, but it can be a romantic com- combination. But the interesting thing about this mix here is that Neptune has been in the sign of Pisces and Venus in Pisces is the best position for Venus to be in. So these two coming together on the 14th and the 15th before that big kind of decision mastery alignment These two coming together the day or two before really is an opportunity for people to take a moment, not so easy in our lives right now because we're all so busy, but to take a moment and just sort of quietly go inside and maybe meditate or listen to some music and kind of sort through what your imagination wants to come out so that the imagination can come out because this is a very good conjunction for imaginative opportunities. And, you know, imagination is great if it has a little discipline underneath it, right? So this is before the more mastery discipline cycle, which is coming up on Wednesday the 16th. So this is kind of a nice segue into the rest of the week. Um, It can also be a time when there may be a need for more sleep because Venus and Pisces, Neptune and Pisces likes to sleep or more rest or a massage, or drinking more water rather than alcohol. Um, 
and just maybe listening to some music or going to the movies or uh, seeing a Broadway play or dancing in your living room. I mean, this kind of opens things up so that, you know, if something's trying to get in there, you know, for you to make some decisions in the next few weeks, this kind of is the window to allow you to do that. So we could go to the next slide. So that's sort of a setup for the week, okay? Because when the week starts, the week begins, the weekly weather this week starts on February 13th. And on that day in the sky, we're going to have the moon in very intense, it's, it's in this intense sign of Scorpio, which is deep, deep feelings and deep, deep emotions. And when that happens, it happens to be on the 13th opposite Uranus, which is very on again, off again. It wants to be close. It wants to be separate. It wants to, it's anxious. So there could, the week could start with kind of an anxious, emotional kind of, uh, I would say a, a, almost like an anxiety at the beginning of the week. I'm not saying that so people have anxiety. It's just that's what moon Uranus can be or restlessness where, you know, you need to get a little bit more exercise, get a little bit more air. And it's interesting because where Uranus is and Uranus just went direct on January 22nd, where Uranus is in the sky right now is at the 15th degree of Taurus, which is actually one of the more critical degrees of the zodiac. And it turns out that where Uranus is in is, is hitting right now, it's on a fixed star in the sky called Menkar. You don't have to worry about that. Just know the story. Menkar is part of the constellation of Cetus, the giant whale, who's coming to devour Andromeda, the chained woman. So you can imagine there's anxiety with that kind of thinking. But the good news is eventually Andromeda is rescued. So the anxiety is not necessarily real. It's because there's a restlessness to change your habits, to change things in your environment, to change things because we're in this big finishing cycle that's happening over the course of this next week and over the next few weeks. So if we could go to the next slide. So because the week begins with emotional moon and Scorpio opposite anxious Uranus, the emotional beginning kind of is opening us up all to the issues of our personal isolation in these last few years. And since Uranus has a lot to do with groups and community, and if you look at the chart, it's for midnight, I calculated it. Uranus, which is groups, is on the seventh of other people. And here's the moon emotionally alone in the first house. So there's something happening here about a lot of people feeling like I'm really a lot more alone than I really care to be right now. And I don't know what to do about it. And that's the beginning, which takes us through this incredible transformative seven days to I find what I can do about it, which is about being with people. So let's go to the next slide. And you can see it actually, I think graphically here. Yeah, this is perfect. Because what I have on the left is the week of Fe when February 13th started on the left, I made it for midnight. And then on here is February 19th or February 20th, right at midnight. And so here we see the moon opposite Uranus, emotional anxiety. It's also in a hard, hard aspect to Sun and Saturn, which is together this week, which is, can be very cool, cold, distant. And so these characters are all what we call in hard aspects to each other, which is good because, you know, there's a big myth about squares and oppositions about how they're bad. You hear a lot of uh, young people who are learning astrology. Oh, that's bad. 
But I have to tell you, the only thing that motivates us are the squares and oppositions. So this is a motivating week to do things. And as the week, as the week continues, what we're going to see, see happening is the moon is going to travel. It's going to travel. It's going to travel. It's going to go over Pluto in about two days, which can be more emotional issues, maybe emotional issues that need to be spoken about in a family situation or in a personal situation. And then it's going to go over Mercury, which is interesting because Mercury is in, in Aquarius right now, which is, you know, maybe I need to talk to friends. Maybe I need to talk to somebody who's been very supportive of me in the past. Maybe I need to take a class. It's in the third house here. Take a class, learn something, study something. And then eventually what's going to happen is the moon's going to go over Saturn, Sun, and we'll have a brand new moon on uh, Sunday or Monday, February 19th or 20th. So what we're seeing is the light. And I, I'm going to share this a little bit with you folks, because when I teach in the inner circle in the spring, the mastery class that I'm teaching is a class on rulerships. And I found that a lot of people don't learn that right on at the beginning when they're learning astrology, but I think it's very, very important. So just as an interesting example of how this could work, if we go to the beginning of the week, the beginning of the week chart here on the left, and we look to see moon is right there rising, a very emotional place for the moon. But what sign does moon rule? It rules cancer. Where is cancer in this chart? It's in the ninth house. What's the ninth house in a horoscope? It's what we believe in. It's our philosophy. It's the big picture. It's publishing. It's writing. It's traveling afar. But it's a lot of what we believe in, what we believe in. So here's the moon ruling the ninth of what we believe in. Opposite Uranus, which could be shaking up our beliefs. Moving towards Pluto, Mercury, Sun, taking all these belief issues through this transformative journey where it reaches this sun and Saturn on February 16th. So that'll take us to the next slide, if you don't mind, which will show you what will happen there. There we go. The Uranus opposite the moon is angular community. It's the family of strangers become family, become your community. Moving from doing things alone to doing things together. And this is what I said earlier, the traveling moon travels over Mercury, which rules in this chart. Mercury is an Aquarius and it rules Virgo, which is the 11th house. So, OK, let's get some nurturing from some friends in the 11th house or from some community groups that we're involved with or, you know, calling a buddy on the phone carries the energy to the sun. The moon then goes to the sun, which rules Leo. Leo is the top of the chart. What are we aspiring to do? What is it that we'll, what is it we want to be when we grow up, okay, that maybe we've been putting off for a while, at least the last two and a half years, and then it goes over Saturn, and how do we communicate that? Saturn rules the third house. How are we going to communicate that, and how do we do that? Because eventually that moon is going to go right over to Uranus during the course of the month. We do it with our community, with new friends. And by the way, uh, not only uh, the community that we know, but maybe diverse communities. You know, we're all astrologers. We all hang out with astrologers. That's great. But, you know, maybe if you're interested in, I don't know, let's just pick something, carpentry, just as an example. And you've always been interested. And a class comes up that you read about. 
it doesn't mean you have to be a carpenter when you finish the class, but it may be a way to broaden your horizons with new groups of people that you would never ever uh, meet if you remain so isolated. And I think that's important to know. And also, since you, it, it's very interesting in this chart, Uranus is on the seventh house. And when I do private charts for people and I see Uranus in a natal chart on the seventh house, this is extreme age differences. So it might be great to hang out with people a lot younger. It might be great to hang out with people a lot older because Uranus is the sign of extremes. It can be either this way or that way. There's always a big middle, but allow yourself a little bit more breathing room and that will keep you from feeling so isolated. And it will also keep you from beating up on yourself that you haven't done as many things as you wanted to do in the last two and a half years, which let's say, frankly, it's been pretty tough because of the pandemic, but we're coming out of that now. So this is the other really cool thing happening this week. I don't hear many people talking about this, but you know, Jupiter is the planet of good luck, good fortune, opportunity, freedom, expansive horizons, and also learning and travel. And it turns out this week, right on the 15th of February, Jupiter is getting back to where it started to go retrograde in late July of 2022. So for a lot of people, they might've been thinking of starting something or an idea came in around the end of July of last year. But then what happens with all the planets, except for the sun and the moon, is during the year they go retrograde, which looks like they're going backwards and they go all the way back. Then they have to go direct. Then they have to come back to where they left off. And that's called the shadow position. And it's kind of like getting back in the saddle and moving forward. So there may be, if you look at your diaries or your journals or whatever records you keep, things you were trying to write or finish or join, maybe getting on a weight program, getting healthier, that you kind of dropped, dropped it off at the end of last July. Well, this is the week with the Saturn sun, which is discipline, Jupiter coming back to its own position, which is getting back in the saddle, and the moon isolation to community, this is the week to start getting back in the saddle and moving forward. And all these things sound great, but I want everybody to know this because this is happening and it's not gonna, there's not gonna be as much relief as we would like, but at least we're in a movement phase. Pluto, which is the slowest planet that we know of in our solar system, is at its last degree of Capricorn, the last degree. And it's not gonna change signs briefly until March 23rd when it goes into Aquarius. So for those who understand what void of course is, Pluto is what we call void right now. It's not making any aspects to any of the planets. It's kind of hanging out all by itself, trying to figure out what it's gonna do for the rest of its existence, which literally is gonna go for the next two years because Pluto is gonna go into Aquarius in March. It's gonna hang out in Aquarius for two months. Then it's going to go back to Capricorn in June, go back to Capricorn. Then it goes back to Aquarius a little bit next year, goes back. And it really doesn't completely enter Aquarius until 2025. So what, is that, what does that mean for you? That means that you might be feeling where, where Pluto is in your horoscope natally and where Scorpio is in your chart, even if you don't have any planets in that house, that you're unable to make a decision about those areas of your life. And that doesn't mean that you're lazy. 
It doesn't mean that you're not smart. It doesn't mean anything like that. It means that you are incubating something. You're sitting on some eggs, as are all the corporate industries right now, because the corporate industries, Capricorn is a corporate industries. Pluto, which is money and power, is at the end of this sign, which means they're all confused, just like we are as individuals. But what we can do are baby steps. And the way we make progress is we, we join with people who are like-minded and share the same values that we do. And we move out of our isolation and we move on with our lives. And that's kind of the basic theme for this week. Oh, that's amazing. I loved it. And I'm actually, this week, I am going to be with a very new group of people doing very new things. And it's very out of my element. And I love what you're saying, though, because it is aligned with my values, like deeper values of what's important. Yeah, what I feel is, you know, again, places I've never explored in myself, but that need to come forth now. Like it's, it's timely. So I love this idea of, and, and I, you know, all of my work is online and astrology hub is online and my entire team is dispersed across the country and in Canada. So I work in isolation a lot, you know, I, and it's, it's It's been nagging and nagging of like, how do I feel more connected with humans you know, I have the, these ways of connecting with all of you. That is amazing. I love seeing your comments in the chat. And I love when I have opportunities to really engage with the community. And yet it's like, I want more. I want more in person. I want to be together. I want to have more opportunities where we can really be creative together and collaborate together and just share together, just have a meal together, those basic human things. And it's amazing how we've become more and more and more isolated. In it's this- easy to be isolated. It's easy with the way the industries are now. It's very easy. But I, I think we've all been mastering something the last two and a half years. We're, we've all gotten really good at something mm-hmm. in the last two and a half years with the Saturn sun every February or January with Aquarius. We've all gotten really good at our technology, even people who didn't know technology. Really yeah. good. That's great. Now, how do you take that, mix it up with people who are like-minded, share the same values, and do something fresh and new? Mm. How do you bring your special gift, a special set of skills to other people who have their own set of skills where you can dovetail and come together for a larger platform? And that's, and that's important. I think that's, I think where we're going to be going in the next two or three years, once Pluto decides to stay in Aquarius, I think we're combining. And and I think that the uh, playing field for the economy will be much easier for people who are starting out because, but they have to combine with other people. Mm. You have to, because we can't know everything. If we knew everything, we'd be dead and we'd be gone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like the fundamental idea of astrology hub. It's like, no one astrologer knows everything no one person nobody we in together we can create a body of information a body of shared experiences i mean you were sharing earlier that you have a log of experiences of people who have had pluto cross their ascendant which is happening for me here very soon so but that's amazing that you kept that journal or that you know that the database oh, clients of- I have a file of the clients who had Pluto going over their ascendants and they all said the same thing. It's like the light went on. Amazing. 
they left a dark room and they went into the light. It's like coming out of the birth canal, you know? Mm, yeah. And it's not easy because it's not like it's mercury, which flies over a day or two. It's like two or three or four years, you know, it takes forever. But that's kind of how a lot of people are feeling. They want to move forward right now, but yeah. but they don't have all the pieces and puzzles. So in order to get the pieces and puzzles, you got to walk out of your house and walk into the neighborhood and even have a cup of coffee, for God's sake. And actually start a conversation with someone, mm. you know, I, and we, people, people don't even do that. People don't even start conversations anymore. And if they don't want to talk to you, start a conversation with somebody else. Yeah. I love it, Georgia. Can you explain a little bit more to us what the sun Kazemi, Saturn is, did we say sun Kazemi Saturn? Yes, or Saturn it's sun and Saturn or Saturn and the sun are Kazemi, which means basically Saturn's in the heart of the sun. And so what does that mean? Like Saturn, well, it sounds it, cool. It, 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 well, it sounds cool. It's not always easy, you know, because we have <laughs> okay. a lot of sun, we have a lot of Kazemi things. The sun is about the life force. The sun is our life force. And Saturn is the self-judgment. Mm. That's the more negative aspect of Saturn is self-judgment. But, you know, if you don't have any judgment, you don't really have any. It's also discipline. It's also mastery. Mm-hmm. Saturn is, you know, Saturn is the Rolls Royce versus the Datsun. Ooh. That's what people don't understand about Saturn. You know, they're the, if, if you're going to buy something, you're going to buy the really good car. That's a Saturn person, right? Yes. And you'll keep the car for 50 years. You won't buy a lot of little things. That's a Saturn sun. So it's about mastery, you know, being very honest with yourself about what you can do and what you can't do, but not beating yourself up mm. that you haven't done everything. And also understanding that you need to be somewhat vulnerable and mm. ask for help. Ooh. Saturn's about wisdom. Saturn is the God of wisdom. Once he ate his children and he gave them back, you know, cause Kronos is the God who ate his children. And then, because he did, he was doing such a good job. He didn't want anybody taking over. And the prophecy said, "Hey, one of your children's going to take over." So he eats his children, and then he has to give them back. And then Jupiter comes out of there, and, and Jupiter's prosperity and Saturn is, you know, building the foundation. Saturn to the sun is disciplining your life, doing something that you're good at. What are you good at? I mean, it could be simple as organizing closets. It could be building a house. It could be, you know, I just went last week to a wonderful exhibit here in, in Tampa of all places. A man did 40 models of these beautiful world things like Taj Mahal, the Parthenon, the Statue of Liberty, all made out of toothpicks. What? That's the most amazing exhibit I think I've ever seen. And they were precise. The Colosseum in Rome. I mean, that's Saturn's son. I was thinking, what's the example of Saturn's son? I should have had a picture of one of his things because Mm. they were so precise. Mm. Focus. Saturn is focus. What What do you focus on? What do you like? What do you keep going back to? Everybody has something they're good at everybody but maybe you don't feel like you can do anything with it but maybe somebody next door has a a way of doing it in a different way that would make you move forward with it you know Saturn's son is about do I want to do the career that I did before do I want to change a reality check I love what you're bringing in here I mean it's that whole idea of 10,000 hours at one thing in order to achieve a certain level of mastery I think so many we see the end goal 
but we don't think about all the hours and the time. I mean, really that mastery is, is pretty unglamorous, really. Like the, 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 the path to mastery is unglamorous. It is. It is yeah. totally unglamorous. It's not glitzy. It doesn't have any bling attached to it. Right. You know? And I always think it was Saturn ruling Capricorn. I always, cause I, I was on a goat farm once in January in, in a storm <laughs> And I watched all these goats in this goat farm and it was freezing outside. They were eating paper. They were in this old house that was being sold. And you know, the goat, the Saturn energy will climb the mountain by itself, eat anything that's available, withstand the climate to get to the top. Mm. And then if you see these great pictures of goats, they'll hang off the edges of cliffs. How do they do that? Because they're masters. They're yes. masters oh, and they're that. late bloomer. And it's a late blooming energy too. Saturn sun is, is give yourself some time. It's mm. a late blooming energy. It's not going to happen immediately. Mm. And Georgia, that's another way to look at it. Georgia has prepared something for all of you. It's free. It's available now. And it's going more into this Saturn Kazemi aspect. So Georgia, wait, first of all, I want to tell them where to get it. It's astrologyhub.com slash sun Saturn. But tell us about it. What, why did you create this handout for this weekly weather? Well, because as a teacher for all these years, it's always nice for people. I, have, I love cheat sheets. You know? <laughs> yes. And yes. so what I did is I thought, okay, I'm going to just, it's very general. I have it listed Aries or Aries rising. If you know your rising sign or Taurus or Taurus rising, I have each one of those listed. And then to the right of it, I say the house it's happening in your chart, where it's happening in your chart. Amazing. Yeah, like the Aries risings, if they're, you know, or, or Aries suns, they can look at the sun sign if they don't know they're rising or the Aries rising. It's in the 11th house, goals, community, friends, assets from your business. For the Virgos or the Virgo rising people, it's in the sixth house, systems. This is about mastering systems, methods, health issues, filtering systems in your home. So it's a little list of where it's happening in your chart. If, you know, it, it could be a little off with your time, but it's pretty useful. Amazing. So you can kind of look at that and kind of set yourself up for the next year. You're so awesome, Georgia. Again, that's astrologyhub.com slash sun Saturn. So you'll get to see exactly what area of life this, this Saturn sun Kazemi is showing up for you and where you have this opportunity for mastery, right? But, but mature mastery that comes with time and dedicated, focused, disciplined effort. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And patience. And patience. Ah, oh, yes. It can be so hard to, to have the patience required to show up every day. But I know on one, I remember on one episode we talked about a while ago, because I always bring this book up because it's such a Saturn book. It's called Chop Wood, Carry Water by Joshua Medcalf. And yes. one of the stories in there is about this particular type of bamboo. And I'm going to get the details wrong, but just hear me out for the essence of it. That you plant it in the ground. You have to water it every day for five years. After five years, it shoots up out of the ground and grows in the first year. It's like eight feet or something crazy in the first year. But after five years of watering it every day, it's like, oh my gosh, the person who does that and is committed to that, the, the potential growth of the bamboo, because there's no guarantee, right? That that bamboo's ever going to come out of the ground, but there has to be some element of faith and trust in the process that eventually that bamboo is going to shoot out of the ground. So I think, I think, I think of that often to help me 
remember that those daily small steps that you're taking, that I'm taking, that we're taking towards the future vision, whatever it is, that eventually, like the bamboo, they're going to shoot out of the ground. And it's like, wow, I, you know, I, I didn't think this day would come, but here it is. And here we are. So, and the funny thing about that is that once it does that, it's not as much work. Oh my gosh. Yes. It, it's so it just, true. it just keeps, it just like keeps going and going because you put the time in. Yes. It keeps you put giving. the time in. Right. Yes. And then what you have shade, you have bamboo, you can cut and use, and it keeps growing. It's, that is such a good point. Thank you for bringing that in. And that's the truth. Like those those long-term sustainable things that we we invest our time and our energy into, they are the ones that keep on giving. It's the same with any trees, like fruit trees you plant. They take forever to finally yield fruit, but then you have fruit every year or, you know, whatever, whatever it is you planted. So, yes. It's so true. It's yes. so true. It's when you're building a company, you know, when you're, when you're learning to be a writer, you know, I mean. You know, my, my former husband was very funny. He used to say that the difference between, and this is true, a successful artist and an unsuccessful artist is a successful artist does a lot of work. Ah, there you go. And I thought that was a very wise coming from a Capricorn rising. Um, yeah, yeah. The they successful do artist does a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and then it and doesn't I look like work. It doesn't look like work when, at the end of the cycle, but it's been a lot of work. You know, exactly that overnight success. I'm doing the quotes. If you're listening on the podcast, the overnight success that like, it only took 10 years or 20 years or whatever of, of yeah, practice yeah. And training and, and no's and failures, you know, quote unquote failures. And I think that's a trap we fall into in this social media time where you look at the end result, you know, and it's not even the end for that person. They're probably trying, striving for the next thing, but you look at other people's lives and you get the highlight reel and you don't see all the behind the, the, all the behind the scenes work and, or dedication and, or mess, you know, that is there because you're just seeing this, you know, perfect presentation of whatever. So this sounds like this is a, a really good week to remember those things, but also to, to know that every small step you're taking is watering the thing that you put in the ground. Like all those little steps. I've been doing a practice recently, Georgia. Every year on my birthday, I get a reading and I, I always like carefully select which astrologer I'm going to have a reading with. And I have the reading and I'm, I'm always asking very similar questions. Like it's actually funny because it's a lot of the questions I ask on the weekly weather. What is the overarching theme? You know, what are, what is the one thing I can keep in, in mind all year to really just anchor back into when there's, you know, high tides, low tides, big waves, small waves, you know, whatever it is in my life. And one of the practices that Michelle Dench, who is the astrologer that I had my reading with this year, one of the things she had me do is every day, write a list of 20 things that I did well that day. It doesn't matter. Small, big just whatever it is. And so I've been labeling it in my journal, tending to my garden, 20 things I did well today. And it'll be like, I had a great weekly weather with Georgia. I got to engage with the community in the chat. I had a great conversation with my daughter about her future. You know, whatever it is, these little things that I can easily gloss over if I don't take the time to recognize but then recognizing that every single one of those things is fertilizing my own little garden. It's sunlight shining on my garden. It's rain falling on my garden. And eventually these things will yield 
whatever they yield. So, uh, you know, that's just an offering of a practice that this that you can do out there if you're listening. Good idea. And, that's actually yeah. a great idea because it's so hard these days with, you know, all the negativity in the news and stuff to really yes. remember the good things you do each day. And I think that's excellent. And to take the time to do take it. The time. You know, it happened because I was time. saying to her on the reading, I went, you know, I'm good. Like I have these rose bushes that I've planted in my garden and the deer were eating them. And then, so, so they were just not growing. And then finally we decided to put some fish fishing line as a border outside of the garden. And now all of a sudden they're growing. There's green leaves and buds. And every time I see any sign of growth, I delight in it. I'm just like, oh, look, there's a leaf. There's a bug. There's like, you know, I get so excited. So she said, well, why don't you do that with yourself? Why don't you do that with you, you, your own growth? I was like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. So that's, that's time set time for you. Yes, exactly. Not everybody else, you know, I mean, I think, I think that's a Saturn. That's definitely Saturn, Sun, Aquarius, because Aquarius is the group and, you know, you want to be with the group, but you also have to have some time, you know, for yourself to see who you are. I mean, that's, yeah. It's a very, it's a very delicate balance. Very delicate, very balance. delicate balance. And very easy to get off kilter, right? Where you're giving too much to, to everyone except for yourself. So I think, you know, Georgia, this has been so much fun. I hope all of you have enjoyed it as much as I have. And Georgia, we get to spend more time with Georgia this year, both as an inner circle teacher. She's going to be featured in our upcoming event uh, where we're talking about big life-changing transits that happen at the collective level. They also happen at different times in our life. We're talking about like the Saturn return and the Uranus opposition and all these sort of built-in rites of passage that happen. That is going to be a free event happening in March. It's a panel event featuring our inner circle astrologers. So we would love to have you at that. Enrollment isn't open yet, but just planting a seed. And then make sure you check out Georgia's free gift at astrologyhub.com slash sun Saturn. And if you want to get on the wait list for the inner circle, you can do that now astrologyhub.com slash IC23. Oh, also Georgia has a class with us. That's awesome. It's called the importance of planetary phases. That's at astrologyhub.com slash phases with Georgia. And we're going to put all the links in the show description. Georgia, do you want to tell anyone about the importance of planetary phases mastery class that you taught with us? If anybody's yeah, interested. That's, a, that's a very important. I was covering just a tiny bit today, but you know, the, the, if you, if you've studied for a while, you know, we know what a square is, it's 90 degrees, but there's a difference between a square that's opening Versus yeah. a square that's closing. It's still a square. It just has a different personality. And so that's what the importance of phases is. It talks about the growing phases in a cycle with aspects versus the closing and how important it is. And I, I can't remember everything I covered in that, but it's a really good little tidbit if you're going to do specific delineation with people's charts, because people come and say, oh, I know, you know, Jupiter is squaring my Saturn. Okay. But is it opening or is it closing? Because there's a difference. In well, it. and you sort of went through that a little bit, as, at least as far as the moon goes. We got to look at, at your diagram earlier today about the moon phases and how different they are. Those There's squares and oppositions in there, but it's, it depends on if it's the it's beginning at. or the end. Yeah. Right? Where the, yeah. Where it's, it's a, you know, it's a, is it the engine or is it the locomotive end? You know, is it mm. starting or is it finishing? Love that. Okay. So again, that's astrologyhub.com slash phases with Georgia. 
phases, P-H-A-S-E-S, with Georgia. And again, we're putting those links in the show notes. It has been such a pleasure to have you here as always, Georgia. Love it. Love you. Thank you for continuing to share your wisdom with us and this whole community because you are a person that I look up to as a wisdom keeper of astrological knowledge and experience. And it's just, there's only something you can get with the level of commitment, the 10,000 hours plus, I'm sure it's like 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 that you've put in to be where you're at and to be able to share the way that you do with us here at Astrology Hub. So thank you for that. Thank you too. It's just, I love working with you, Amanda and Joe and the whole gang. It's just great. And I think we're going to have a really good, a good time this year with the inner circle. I think it's going to have a really good time. Yes. Can't, can't wait. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making astrology a part of your life. We will catch you on the next episode. Take care. Did you know there's a whole universe that you can unlock with so-called minor aspects? Most astrologers don't even use them, but master astrologer Rick Levine calls them harmonic aspects, saying they're key to revealing the deeper metaphysical dimension of a birth chart, including the creative, mystical, and unseen parts of ourselves and others. And if you want a taste of how powerful they can be, just listen to what he has to say about some of the subtitles in play during his February and March forecast. There's one other thing that happens in February. By the 12th, Venus makes a septile. That's one-seventh of a circle to Pluto. Venus makes a septile to Uranus. Boom, boom. What are septiles? They're otherworldly. They're supernatural. Dane Roger said they were fated. Things come out and things come through that were somehow in other realms. And like Uranus, it's like lightning striking. And I think the combination of Mercury going into Uranus's modern sign of Aquarius and all these septiles will awaken us to the idea that we don't see everything that we think we do. Of course, it's not lost on me that this is the first week of Foundations Level 3 course, and it's just such an overwhelming septile message that we get from the universe. I really think that there's going to be a bit of a wake-up in mid-February. If you're ready to uncover these powerful unseen aspects in your chart, join us for Astrology Foundations Level 3 with Master Astrologer Rick Levine at astrologyhub.com slash foundations3.